Hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. This is Game 3, Jacksonville State. And we're all learning together about Josh Eilert as the interim head coach. And Monmouth happened. It was not anybody's best night for West Virginia players or coaches. But looking at the head coach, you lose to Monmouth. What happens the next game, regardless of who you're playing? And it happened to be Jacksonville State. How do you react? Well, he didn't go status quo, which is a good thing. He changed the starting lineup. So in the third game, he was crunching the numbers. And Seth Wilson, who shot seven for 26 in the first two games of the season, he was asked to come off the bench. And Offrey Neve, haven't talked about him a lot on the podcast. Offrey, the freshman, enters the starting lineup. I like Offrey's game, lots of potential. Gonna get, um, <laughs> gonna see that he's a freshman when we get in the Big 12 play, but getting good reps and deserves them. And he entered the starting lineup. And that was a good move. You just had to change something, right? When you've got only eight scholarship players, which is still the case, there's just not a lot you can change. But this is a move that Josh Eilert can make, give Offrey more minutes. And when Offrey's out there, it feels like the passing is better. Offrey's a good passer. His stat sheet was not amazing, but just a little bit of everything. Six rebounds for Neve, three assists, three steals. The glue guy tonight, as a freshman, it's he can he can play two, he can play three. So he he's in there starting with Kobe. You can put him in at the three when Seth Wilson comes in, so you can give Josiah Harris a breather. Like that all makes sense. Great move. Little concerned on this move about Seth Wilson. It's one game. Did it look like Seth Wilson? He didn't take a shot. Did it look like he wanted to take a shot? It didn't look like it to me. He was not. I don't even think there was a pump fake. One of the kind of the quick offenses where he got the ball. He wasn't. He was like five feet from the rim, and his move wasn't towards the basket. Ended up ended up getting called for a travel. So that's. Let's keep an eye on that. Because that's bizarro Seth Wilson. When I see Seth Wilson in a game, I want him to be taking open threes. We haven't had a lot of that yet. But what I don't want to see is Seth Wilson on the floor and him not looking at the basket. So let's keep an eye on that. But overall, good move. And a, and a solid move after Friday's loss. Two games in, West Virginia struggled to stay fresh. And I'm and I'm doing the cramp test here. It's not, you know, now we're getting into like body language. And when you say they look tired, that's just a guess. And you're dealing with 18 to 24 year olds. I think that's the range. So I'm probably surprised on how much stamina these guys have. But just maybe it wasn't they look tired Friday night. 
but the energy was not there. And two out of two games, I believe it was Seth Wilson the first game and then Kobe Johnson the second game, late in the game, cramping up. So Island had to respond to that. How do you, if you're playing, I mean, technically you're playing eight, you're really playing seven. Like Bembry's just getting a couple of minutes. So everybody else, you're playing seven. The rotation is actually seven. <laughs> and so how do you how do you do that for the next, I guess, six games? I kept saying in the last podcast that we had eight more games to go of uh Kirk Kreese's suspension. And it's not. In my head, it was a 10-game suspension because 10 is an even number. It's actually nine, which is hard to keep track of. So for the next six games, how do you play with seven? Unless somebody else comes into the fold, but let's not bank on that. And so the easy thing as a coach you can do is transition to zone defense. And West Virginia played a lot of zone tonight and a lot of 2-3 zone. It's saving legs. It's saving fouls. Jesse Jesse Edwards very familiar playing a two three zone. Have you heard he played four years at Syracuse where they always played two three zone? Have you heard? Anyways, like a uh, like Joe Mazzola brought Bob Huggins the one three one. Jesse Edwards has brought Josh Eilert the two three zone. It's not it's not the Syracuse zone, but uh, you know. There's a little bit of that. Like, it's 2-3. And the main part here is that you're saving legs. And, yeah, you're giving up offensive rebounds, and West Virginia's doing that. But the key part is you're getting through the game with seven. And, yeah, I would argue they still look tired late in the game, especially when Jacksonville State was, was cutting it down to 10 or 11. Uh, or even, no, it was down eight. Jacksonville State was down eight at the last media timeout. So someone could say, yeah, they're wearing down because Jacksonville State finally wised up and started pressing. But the game finished. Yes, West Virginia won, but the cramp test, West Virginia passed. And I'm going to attribute that to tons of 2-3 zone. So that's a change. Josh Eiler adapted. Especially in the Monmouth game, West Virginia struggled mightily against the zone. And so what did Eiler do tonight? Yes, Jacksonville State didn't play a ton of zone, but they did break it out. And West Virginia did something way different. They attacked it. They didn't settle for threes, shooting over the top. They drove the ball. They drove it on the baseline. They, when they didn't drive, they got the ball in the middle of the court. And not that those shots went in, but shots went up. And guess how it works? on When you're playing zone defense, it's tough to rebound. It's the same thing when the other team zones. And you've got Jesse Edwards. And so that manifested in Jesse Edwards getting some easy attempts and getting to the foul line just by getting rebounds out of missed shots, but getting into the paint with your attacking. So that's, that's different. I, I don't think we hardly saw that 
on Friday night. It was just pass it around the perimeter. And they didn't do that tonight. And so that's that's a win. And that's coaching. So solid move there. And West Virginia in two games leading up to tonight. West Virginia struggling with scoring the basketball. Okay. So what's Eiler's response? Well, he tried a new offense, was which was get the rebound, somebody release, and let's try to beat everybody down the court. I call it the cherry pick offense. And it can be an effective offense. If you can, if your guy, if you can get a pass over everybody to a guy who doesn't have anybody in front of them, that is technically good offense. And West Virginia attempted that quite a bit tonight, like way more than in the first two games. And it does give you legs and you have more legs on offense. That's a fact. Here's how basketball works. Defense, you can get tired. Offense, not as much. (laughs) I mean, yeah, if you're taking jump shots, you might start hitting the front rim. Like, that's a thing. But you definitely can do cherry pick offense. You've got the energy for that. And West Virginia tried that. Did it work every time? It did not. Was it something different? I would say yes. And obviously, your best player is Jesse Edwards. And when Jacksonville State was playing man, West Virginia did a much better job of getting that guy the ball. Now, he's still not shooting a ton. I believe he shot, how many did he shoot tonight? He only shot six times. So still, but he's, but it was getting to him. And this is the part of the podcast where, you know, I didn't think I'd be able to do this with, with anybody on the basketball team this year. New coach, new players. I do like to do this thing. I, <laughs> this is, and I didn't think I'd be able to do it. But I'm, I'm gladfully saying this now, and I'm talking to you, Jesse Edwards. If you have the ball, and you're behind the three-point line, and the guy is giving you the opportunity to shoot that ball, Or even if somebody's on you, I mean, you're really, really tall and probably shoot it over people. I would say, don't do that. (laughs) I didn't think I'd get to do this this season, but Jesse Edwards kindly not shoot threes. Let's let's take a season-long pause on that. Even if you're open, don't do that. But again, looking for Edwards more, Mixed results, but trying to get on the ball. Also, you know, one thing we noticed, especially in the game that didn't count, but Kobe Johnson is trying to do a Mark Jackson impression for older people. He definitely wants to take his guy into the post. And I think the first play of the game for WVU was Kobe Johnson backing down his guy. And Kobe Johnson, yes, listen, I'm, you're probably thinking it as I'm saying it. Josh, this is Jacksonville State. They're not good at basketball. They just lost to Utah Tech. Yes, I didn't know U- Utah Tech was a thing until you just said that. I know. 
But think about Kobe Johnson has played in games against schools that aren't good at basketball, and he's never done this. He and he and he likes to do the he likes to post up dudes. And it's not a bad thing. And he did that a few times a night. And it, I, I think it was effective, especially it's effective in building up Kobe Johnson's confidence. Because Eiler is saying, I w- need Kobe to be more aggressive. So what better way than give him, put him in a position where he's being aggressive on the first play of the game. And not that that means they were doing it in the first play of the game that it, it's going to be what Kobe's performance was. But listen to Kobe's performance tonight. He took a career-high 17 shots. He, Kobe Johnson. You know Kobe Johnson? I know Kobe Johnson. We've watched him play for two seasons and three games. 17 shots. He led the Mountaineers in shots. Now, if I told you in March of this year, hey, Kobe Johnson's going to lead the team in field goal attempts. What's going to be the result? What would you say? Just say it to yourself. West Virginia won in a game that Kobe Johnson led the team in shooting attempts. He he took 17. He made seven. Like, my goal for Kobe Johnson was not be nearly invisible. And he's not. You can't be nearly invisible and take 17 shots. Career high in points with 19. Career high in rebounds with six. Career high in assists with five, including a great lob to Jesse Edwards. Did all that with only one turnover. Yes, I know. It's Jacksonville State. It doesn't matter. Aggressive Kobe Johnson was in the Coliseum. And that's a good thing for the Mountaineers. Even when Creesa comes back. Like this is the, how you're talking yourself into how West Virginia is going to benefit from Kerr not being on the court. It's Kobe Johnson getting more minutes and getting confidence. And yes, his role is going to change when Kerr comes back. But you know he can play off ball too. And what I saw tonight is encouraging. It's one game. It's against Jacksonville State. But, I I mean, against anybody, seeing Kobe Johnson shoot 17 times, I'm taking that as a positive. And so putting all that together for the Josh Eilert experience three games in, is it electric? when you get the huddle camera for WVU and see Josh Eiler talking to the guys, is that riveting? It's not. <laughs> I mean, what you get in press conferences, Josh Eiler, and what you get in interviews, Josh Eiler, it actually seems even more low key in the huddle. And I'm, and I've, I've gotten to this point by saying all the good things of what I'm seeing as a, as a fan perspective of what the coach is doing and what the changes are being made. But he's just he's not let's call let's call Josh Eilert soft spoken. And so it's not electric and does a win over Jacksonville State completely wash the taste of losing the Monmouth out? Probably not. But what you can't do and what 
is in people's minds. I mean, the line for the game today, I checked it in the morning, West Virginia minus nine against Jacksonville State. So nine point favorite. Then it drops to seven and a half. I don't know if it dropped more, but it was dropping because people are putting money on Jacksonville State at those numbers. And so you just can't. You just can't. It doesn't matter. Like I've said, uh, no expectations. You can't, as the head coach of WVU, lose to Monmouth and then follow that up with a loss at Jacksonville State with love and respect to both of those schools in a season with no expectations. Like, can you picture, can you picture that happening? (laughs) What that would mean? I mean, I, I said it would test low or no expectations with that loss on Friday, but back-to-back losses in bye games. I'm telling you what, uh, <laughs> I've been talking about this being an exclusive season. It just be like it would. You could probably fill a building that's not the Coliseum with the amount of people that would be. W- fully watching WVU basketball games after losing to Monmouth and and Jacksonville State. I think people would absolutely take a pass because that is a, that is a, uh, in my lifetime, the, the lowest of low. (laughs) And like, you know, like it, what's in my head is like, you know how in math class, when you were doing division and when you try to divide something by zero, you'd get like the E on the calculator or it'd be like a question mark when somebody wrote it out. I think West Virginia losing the Monmouth and Jacksonville State would be like if you found out that you actually can divide something by zero, but it's a concept that's so dark. <laughs> And so horrifying that you the calculator just says E. And you just write a question mark on, on the chalkboard if somebody tries to divide something by zero. Not that it can't be done, but you don't want to see what happens when you divide a number by zero. Right? <laughs> and so with that being the, <laughs> the outcome, then Josh Eilert getting his second win after that loss is a way better outcome, (laughs) way better. And it wasn't perfect tonight, but it means I'm watching the game and I'm seeing Josh Eilert not bang his head against the wall, doing the same things, trying different stuff. Hey, we got to do this different. Seeing the players do that. The energy was better. And, And so I applaud that, and those are positive signs that you can kind of move forward with as far as at least he's not trying the same stuff. Unreasonable Doubt is under the smoking musket umbrella. You know that. What I haven't talked a lot about, and yes, listen to West By Pod. It's a WVU football podcast. Joel's out this week, but Jordan and Jake Lance talk about the Oklahoma loss for football, 
upcoming Cincinnati game, where things are at, Jimbo talk. But also, check out the Smoking Musket Discord. I'm an old person, but Discord, you could talk to people about a whole bunch of different WVU stuff and other things. All in the Discord. When games are going on, we're chatting it up in the Discord. Football, basketball, maybe baseball? I don't know. But check out the Discord and follow SmokingMusket.com. The next game for WVU is the annual Thanksgiving Week Tournament. Last year, West Virginia went to the other side of the country to play three games in Portland. This year, West Virginia is staying in the in the Eastern time zone. They're going to beautiful Fort Myers, Florida for the Fort Myers tip-off. Only four schools in this tournament, so only two games, Monday game and a Wednesday game. The Monday game for WVU will be around 8.30. It's the second game, so it could be a eight. Let's call it eight thirty ish. After the Virginia Wisconsin game, the game is on cable, Fox Sports One, and West Virginia's opponent is the SMU Mustangs, the soon to be ACC Atlantic Coast Conference SMU Mustangs from Texas. So this is West Virginia's first appearance. It's like crawling out of the darkness into the light. And so this will be the non-ESPN Plus debut of the Mountaineers this season. And this is West Virginia's toughest opponent so far. SMU plays fast. Problem. They're really good at defense. Problem. They're good at offensive rebounding. Problem. They get a lot of bench points. All those are problems. Uh, the positive, West Virginia will be well-rested, which is going to be key for this team, as key for any team that only has seven or eight guys that they're playing. Maybe West Virginia will have more than eight scholarship players available by Monday. I can knock on wood for that. Jesse Edwards, just based on height, is going to have a big height advantage against the Mustangs. And SMU doesn't shoot the ball well overall, but they get a lot of second chance points. They get a lot of points off of turnovers. So maybe the two, three zone will slow SMU down, get them playing in a half court game where they don't shoot the ball. Well, this is a step up in competition. This is, this is a step up above Monmouth, Missouri state and Jacksonville state. So let's see what it looks like in Fort Myers. And then they'll play on Wednesday. That's concerning if they're still only playing seven to have the two-day turnaround. I don't, I just am concerned about that. No matter who West Virginia faces as the roster is currently constructed. Thank goodness it's not like the Portland, I believe the Portland tournament, there wasn't any breaks or maybe one one day break. Uh, thank goodness it's not back-to-back nights. But even with two nights rest, I'm, I have concerns. <laughs> just, just from a guy's finishing the game. I, I am being very parental 
with this team. And that's not probably an appropriate relationship with a basketball team. I ju- I'm just concerned about the guys playing <laughs> playing on Monday and then playing on Wednesday. Let's see what it looks like in Fort Myers. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, YouTube. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt, WVU for the 2023-2024 season. They have two wins and they have one loss.